This episode of the SaaS Revolution Show is sponsored by Oyster. Oyster is the global HR platform that makes it easy to employ people remotely in other countries. It's purpose-built for globally distributed organizations that want to tap the global talent pool and give all their employees around the world a great employment experience. Oyster lets you hire, pay, and give great local benefits in over 75 countries. To find out more, visit oysterhr.com. This is something I can now really feel and touch. I really feel that we can build something really great, really big, actually, because the market, I mean, if we were to build, just to give you like a really number, really precise, if we were to build like a 100 million ARR company right now, that will be 0.3% of the whole unification, unified communication space. That's yeah. nothing. You know, we can, I think we can build something really big. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show, Gilles Berteau, who is the CEO and co-founder of Lystorm. Welcome, Gilles. Thank you for having me today. Pleasure to have you on the podcast. First time on the podcast, you spoke at SaaS.comia uh, recently. Yep. Um, and uh, I believe, uh, if memory serves right, you, you've, you've been to a few SaaS.conferences in real life uh, in the past. Am I, am, I, am I right? Am I wrong? Yes, uh, we've been at SAS Talk. I think it was uh, the year, pre, you know, on the pre-COVID world, I think it was in 20, 2019, right? I think, yeah, exactly. It was in 2019. Yeah. Long time ago. I, I, I struggled to remember earlier this year. Actually, <laughs> early, earlier today, uh, I struggled to remember when our last in-person conference was, but uh, it, it, Crazy. it's been a long time. Hopefully coming back October 2021, Dublin, fingers crossed, roll out those vaccines. Let's do it. Let's do it. But, uh, but Gilles, um, welcome to the podcast. Um, you, you know, uh, lots of interesting things have happened uh, to you uh, lately this year. Um, and uh, one of these is a, a great fundraise, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, also, uh, super fast growth, uh, which we'll talk about. Before we talk about those things, though, um, like, let's tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Who is uh, Gilles Berteau? All right, so my name is Gilles, uh, co-founder and CEO of Lifestorm. I'm French, as you can tell probably from my accent. Uh, Based in Paris, and uh, we are now an almost 80-people company now. Uh, we were 30 big in anger this year. And um, Lifestorm is a video communication platform in which you can host meetings up to webinars, one of thousands of people, all in your browser, and the good thing about Lifestorm is that we take care of the entire logistic, everything else around the stream per se. So we go from promotion to retargeting. We do all the heavy lifting for you. Just you only have to care about one thing, the content you're going to produce at the end. So more than just a video pipe, probably like a packaging around video, if you could describe it in one word. Interesting. I did not know that. Uh, so that, that does sound very cool. Uh, and uh, like how, how long have you been uh, running? Like when did you co-found the, the business? Why did, you, why did you do it? Is this your first SaaS company? Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, usually the, the, the usual pitch that I go with when, I'm, when I have investors on Lifestyle Meets, the, the meeting product that we have is I start saying this is a final exam product uh in college uh, and actually this is where i all met my my, my co-founders i have three co-founders and we all met in college that was back in 2015 now and you know short story is i was an intern here in paris in a SaaS company called mention for the ones who know it yeah. and um you know doing a bunch of webinars over there and you know they will I, I was struggling essentially with the same thing that you know customers reach out today and still struggle with is essentially 
you know, I was spending a lot of time doing anything else but the webinar itself. I was spending a lot of time preparing the landing pages, the emails, coding, the whole stuff. And then at the end, I was actually teaching people on how to download something on the computer, even though they were not allowed to because for security reasons or, or whatever. And at the end of the day, when I was actually doing the thing, I couldn't get any data out of it because integration or API or needed some complex stuff to get the data out of the tool. So it was really a mess. You know, we're doing webinars now for 20 years and we were still running with this old legacy tool. So we thought, you know what, we have this funnel exam product we need to do in college. We're going to build something that runs inside a browser. We're going to have a Linux page builder and so on and so forth and see what happens. Turns out when we presented the product, uh, we actually, we, we stream for on presentation, but everyone else's presentation, we basically sit the whole day presenting using our own tool. And, you know, we had hundreds of people coming in, plugging in even our bosses from the internships. And, you know, it was awesome. And for the first time we had this feeling of, oh shit, we actually built something that people want to use, you know, and that was going to trigger. And this is the, the, the kickstart of everything. And then, you know, fast forward, we raised a seed round in 2017, then a series A, um, 2019, that was a 4.6 million euros. And now the series B, so that was uh, in dollars, that $30 million uh, back in November, early November. Awesome. Uh, and so you, you mentioned, and I didn't, I'm learning some new stuff here, so that you, you worked at Mention. So I know uh, they had a, a, a an exit, uh, I think yeah. in the last sort of couple of years. And uh, Matthew Vaxelaire, um, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say a good friend, but whenever he came to Dublin and Sasok in Dublin, uh, always had a lot of time for him, really great guy. And so very happy yeah. that, that he had that uh, exit. So if, if you came up with a product whilst you were at Mention, did you ever think about uh, maybe like doing this through eFounders uh, or did you just go, you, you know, uh, obviously you went your own way. Uh, was it just because obviously normally, I guess, with eFounders, they create the product and bring people in, but you had already created the product and uh, rather than give it to them you, you and incubate it with them, yeah. you, you've uh, decided to kind of build it uh, yourself, right? That's, that, that's a really good question. And, and yeah, we, we had this opportunity and we had something in between, you know, uh, actually the CEO of Founders, so Thibault is, you know, uh, was an early angel investors in, in Lifestorm. Um, we didn't went through eFounders. They had a different vision for the roadmap they wanted to go. They, they were more on the meeting space and they started actually building something on their own on the specific meeting space for sales. And we didn't mm -hmm. want just to scope the, the, the product. So, so narrowing, narrow down uh, on that specific use case. So we went, we wanted to have a broader approach of events, more holistic approach of events. So this is why we went our own way, but Thibaut was a great angel is, you know, accepted to fund us on the, in the early days. So it, it was really cool for them. Was there any way or did you ever think that the, there could be a way that you could bootstrap this company or was it very clear that you had to raise money? Well, that was one of the questions, one of the debates that we had for like, I don't know, almost a year in 2018. You know, we were like, you know, we're growing. We don't spend any money in sales. Everything is done through marketing driven growth, SEO and so on. We have, we are global from day one, you know, 80% of the customer base actually done abroad. And, you know, and we're growing. We don't have to step in the gas or whatever. So what are we going for? We were, you know, almost profitable. And and then, I don't know, I think this, the thing that led us to do the Series A is that we had this one big sales opportunity that was, I, I cannot tell the, the, the name of the company, but it was a big travel company, like really big. And 
And we couldn't address that. We couldn't address that lead because we were not staffed. We didn't have the resource. We didn't have the, the right product. And we thought, wow, we are leaving so much money on the table. There is so much momentum going on in this market. There is something here to, to build like a next wave of you know, web, conference, web conferencing tools. Let, let's just take this opportunity and let's see what happens. No, let's build an insane company and see what happens. And, and that's the path we took, but we could also be bootstrapped. Was it was it easy to raise that initial kind of seed round, or uh, like how long did it take you um, to? And yeah, how many how many investors were involved in that round? Um, I, it was it was rather rather easy because we had some cool unit economics in terms of traction. I think one of the good thing that uh, that we had from a VC perspective is we had a great NPS. We had a great traction without any sales, like pure marketing-driven growth, like really low CAC, payback, super fast, um, global traction, even though we are all based in France. So that was really, really cool. And we didn't raise any much money. We raised like a 500K seed round in 2017. And we stayed for with this cash during two years. So really efficient on the, on, on the, on the burn. So that was all the stuff that made the thing easy. The one thing that didn't make easy for us is every time we decided to raise a round, Zoom was doing something else. So when we raised the C round, they did that insane series C was a hundred million thing, you know, yeah. I don't remember quite the, the number. <clears throat> um, then we did series A, then they went IPO. And then, you know, it, it was like this every time. So we just learned um, to adapt to this uh, big monster playing out on the market and try to adapt and build a position. It forces us actually to build a positioning that is, differentiation that the builders differentiation from zoom to really clarify the, uh, the the narrative and this is still something we're still working on to this day and it's a good exercise it's difficult but it's a good exercise from a marketing standpoint how, how are customers finding you obviously if you didn't have the initially you were not sales-led organization um you, how are customers finding you how are you sustaining that early growth so in the early days uh it was we found this really cool hack. It was not so much of a hack. It was really a niche, a marketing niche that nobody saw. It was, uh, we went on Quora, Quora.com, and it was this web conferencing topic. And they had a shitload of questions. Everyone, you know, asking questions on what is the best webinar software? What is the best web conferencing software? Trends, whatever. A lot of questions nobody answered. All the answers was really, really lame. So I spent most of my days, you know, writing those really thorough answers like and at the end of each answer i was like you know what actually we're building something to solve all those things that i've mentioned it's called lifestorm here's the link blah 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 and that core platform it's it was like the really i think it was like 15 ish percent of our traction for i think the first two years so it lasted quite yeah. long until you know other competitors started you know picking up the same channel so that was the first one seo was a big one we knew that they didn't have any money so the the, the we thought, okay, we cannot compete on the ads at first. So we're going to secure locations on the SEO. So a lot of content, a lot of content on key decision um, keywords, like, you know, yep. best webinar software and so on and so forth. And to hijack the first places, we also tried positioning ourselves on the, um, uh, how do you call it? Um, the listing, you know, so Captera, G2 Crowd, all those yep. guys uh, generating reviews, forming reviews through the NPS we were getting, you know. So there was this whole automation going on to really rank. I think that was like really good work on the early traction. And now we are pushing towards advertising and all those more traditional channels. 
So, so looking at the, this year, um, we'll spend the, the, the rest of the podcast on, on, on this particular year. Um, obviously, COVID, uh, you know, has, uh, well, you know, <laughs> caused a big dent in the world, right? But um, uh, the SaaS industry, I think on the whole, uh, has been um, uh, quite sort of COVID proof uh, in, in some respects. Uh, mm-hmm. Although there are a number of SaaS companies uh, and that may be sort of focusing uh, on SMBs that have, you know, experienced a, you know, higher than usual kind of churn this year. Uh, mm-hmm. And also if you're non-essential at all, uh, you may have uh, received uh, a lot of churn. But particularly if you look at Zoom and I guess in the space that, that you're in, uh, companies like Zoom and yourself uh, seem to have uh, skyrocketed. And so, uh, I mean, w- do, you, do you think um, obviously the, the growth that you've had this year that COVID has been uh, like one of the key accelerants and the, or the, you know, the way that the world is has been a key accelerant uh, or, 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 or is it down to some you know, other hacks and, and marketing? No, uh, definitely. It had definitely an impact. Um, you know, we were already on a good track of, we, we were feeling that sales compound of growth. We were already feeling that after the Series A. So we knew we could go, you know, 2.5x in 2020, reached the milestones that we had at the end of the day. But, you know, obviously things accelerated accelerated a lot during COVID. So like to give you an idea, the month of March for us is always like a really good month. So once, you know, numbers started to pick up, we were not really worried. We just thought, okay, that's normal March, right? And then you start refreshing your dashboard and you see numbers go up every time we refresh. And then you're like, oh, no, that's that's not normal, <laughs> and, um, and and yeah. So to give you like a number, so we were post Series A, over a thousand customers uh, across you know one million AR pass and so on and so forth, and we went. I don't know in two months. So starting March up until end of end of May, went three X on the AR. So it was just oh. insane from a growth perspective in terms of revenue, in terms yep. of all the good stuff, right? But also we were so impacted as well on, you know, customer service, for example, things we didn't expect, but, you know, it's logical now that you think about it, but we didn't have that in mind at the time. And we went from having 2000 conversations in, in one month, and now we have 20,000 conversations. So how do we deal with that? How do we recruit? How do we change processes and so on and so forth? So that was a really hard time to adapt but I think we manage through it. And I think the main fear that we have is after the lockdown in Paris, so that was you know, uh, mid-May, mid-June, mm-hmm. we, we thought, okay, what's gonna happen now? Are people gonna leave? Is this like you know, temporary usage and people gonna churn? And turns out momentum kept going. So there was obviously a slowdown during summer as usual, but there was like really momentum going on. And September was almost like a hit as like a second wave, but this time we're more prepared because we learned, we had the middle management that are structured during the whole entire summer. We were more, much more prepared and we absorbed that again. So at the end of the day, in 2020, over January to now December, we went seven or eight X growth in oh. terms of ARR. It's just insane. Uh, but, you know, I think it was really exciting. A lot of lessons learned, I guess. Is- is there um, and and uh, fantastic um, uh, you know th- th- those numbers right? Is, is there like anything? So when I look at like you guys and uh, Hopin, for instance, and you know we've had Johnny from Hopin on uh, yeah. on, on the podcast and speak at the conference, and uh, their their phenomenal growth. Um, 
any pressure now to kind of how do you sustain that like now you've you raised the series b like did the vc say you have to do you know seven to eight, eight x growth or 14 <laughs> x growth or are, are they realistic to say that this might slow down um you, you know because there, there's been this 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 boost uh and it might slow down but we still like we're giving you some you know big big targets still like yeah how, how is those conversations going uh, they, they were great uh, i mean um on the article on TechCrunch, you know, from uh, where uh, the CEO of Huffington was interviewed, he made a great point saying, you know, actually, you know, even though COVID stopped, even though on a post-COVID world, we'll still have this momentum because in a way the market has shifted in his approach of events in general. So for them, events, physical events will now be completed with an hybrid prolongation yeah. of their events for us. I guess it would be pretty much the same because essentially people were doing webinars way long before COVID. They were doing meetings way before COVID. There will always be a need for doing sales one-on-one or customer training, all, all hands meeting and so on yeah. and so forth. So that's not going to be an issue. I think for us, the one thing that changed significantly is the diversification of the use cases that we see. We see in our companies that are less uh, have less complex in doing, you know, in creating content that they didn't use to it, do it, right? For example, I'll give you a simple example. We, we, one of the biggest customers that we have is a European public investment bank here in, in Europe, like really not tech savvy, really not, you know, uh, doing remote work usually, right? It's not definitely not on the space, but right now they're using Livestorm and they're doing so many different kind of events live podcasts, internal meetings, board meetings. They have embraced the video and turned it into some way of creating content in a very diversified way. And I think the, like, the, the analogy that I like to use is on the B2C world, you usually take your phone, you go on Instagram, you have live, and then you do whatever you want. And it's, it's just as easy. And I think we kind of reduce the gap between the B2C and B2B. Now it's becoming easier. Mm. easier to host a physical event through up happen and now easier to run those recurring cool inside company events using livestorm so yeah i think i think we have still good days ahead of us good 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 to hear uh any of your investors would love to hear that as well i'm sure they'll be <laughs> listening to this uh and so yeah tick the box um yeah uh, on, on that but um so you raised the Series B round sort of this year. So was that kind of on the back, uh, as you said, like you, you, uh, when, when did you raise Series A? Was it 2018, 2019? Uh, 2019 in 20 June. Okay. And were you expecting to raise the Series B this year or were you kind of predicting that it would be like, you know, in a couple of years time or something? Yeah, we usually take like a 24 months approach. You know, we were yeah. like prudent first time entrepreneurs and so on and so forth. But, you know, we had so much inbound. You know, they were people went really crazy on this market. So we had a lot of inbound. We closed the doors during lockdown because we didn't have any time to, to, to allocate to those. Yeah. And um, when things started to settle down during summer, this is where we actually took the calls. And the good thing is actually our investors, historical investors, the people that actually knew the vision, knew what, what, which way we want to take, you know, on, on the market. They just came to us saying, you know what, we're going to actually give you an alternative. We want to preempt this tool because we believe in a company. We know where we, we know where we, you're going and it's going to be easier if you do it with us and we're going to have someone else bring, we bring in and let's do it like this. And you know what, that was actually the easiest way for us because we didn't have that to convince them how we were different, which way we want to take. 
uh, we didn't have to convince them on the unit economics or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was really fast in, in that regard. And, and they are, you know, it's, it, those are big funds. It's European funds, but they have, it's like, they have a lot of runway, you know, they can help us on the series B, series C, series D and so on and so forth. So that, I think that was the most logical choice for us. This is why we, we went with a fully French European play. Uh, remind me, I mean, I should have done my homework, but uh, who, who was the, the, the lead investor there then? So Aglaia Ventures. Yep. Aglaia Ventures is, um, you know, they, 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 they're in all the big names, Slack, um, Slack, Netflix, uh, Algolia, and so on and so forth. So mostly they, they used to do probably late stage, but now they mm-hmm. are doing actually Series A, uh, Series A, Series B. Uh, and uh, also BPI. So BPI is a big, French fund and do from seed to series D and the new one newcomer is ID invest. So big European fund as well yeah. in yeah, Lovo yeah. and all those guys. Yeah. I know so, and with the, with the 30 million, what is the, what is the plan there? Like how you, how are you going to invest this for, for growth? So there is obviously the first one is higher. Now people is everything. So we have about, about a hundred different positions to be filled and pretty much everything, but mostly yeah. in sales, we are really late on the sales side. You know, we have this really marketing driven growth. Now we have to have a sales driven growth as well, uh, open up a new kind of funnel. So sales mostly in, uh, in Europe and the US, so those are the big two main things. And also all the customer experience people. So from care to CSM, those is a big spend as well. And as for the product, we want to invest in, um, we have, Two main things. So obviously the first one is enterprise features. We want to go up market. We can actually not go up market, but expand the spectrum of the customers we can reach. So we want to really have this enterprise features coming in. And the second thing is um, mostly towards integrations. We believe there is a big lack of integrations on the video market. And we want to build something that looks like Slack is doing. We want to build this big marketplace where people can actually build upon on top of Livestorm and make Livestorm just just like a unique workspace when it can actually plug whatever tools they're using, ATS, CRM, marketing automation, databases. We want to plug both ways, ingesting data, pu- pushing data. So that's that's a lot of work. And I think we, we that's something we really believe in. We really think that this is how we're going to penetrate more and more and more accounts using integrations. Getting back to you, um, uh, as a founder, as a first-time founder, and now founder of this uh, hyper-scaling uh, sort of business, um, how do you like? How how is it for you? Like you to be like you've got to hire a hundred people. Like the company's growing eight x, uh, you know, in a few months, and you, you've just raised thirty million, and you know, you know, obviously, like I, I guess that you know, there's sort of big goals there, right? How, how do you cope uh, with the, all of this? And you know, do you? I mean. Do you feel the pressure? Are you a relaxed guy? Like, how are you, how are you dealing with with day to day? You know, is it, is it is it you know is it causing you massive anxiety? I guess you can't like maybe sort of say, but like, yeah, you as a person, how do you deal with uh, hyper? You know, being a CEO of a hyperscaling company as a first time CEO. Hmm. I definitely not. I don't consider myself as a really relaxed guy, but I think I have this capacity of building walls, and I think that's the main thing. It can be as stressed as you can, as you as you want, but I think you you still have to show that you're not stressed, that you know where you're going, because it's not only it's a lonely job. You don't have you, you have to show that everything is alright to your team, even to your co-founders. There is 
you know, and there, there are things you don't tell to your co-founders because you'd want them to keep to stay focused on the stuff they're doing. So I think my position it's lonely in that way. But the good news is I'm not that much stressed because in you know I have actually three co-founders. They're really cool, really really smart on the product on the tech. So I, I don't even have to think about it. And that's that's a huge relief. Um, I I managed to hire some key people during the summer that now handle the whole go-to-market thing. And, you know, it's such a relief to actually, you know, take your brain, you know, and put it in the table and say, you know what, someone is taking care of that and I trust them with my guts. And that's a huge relief as well. And I think the last bit is uh, we were lucky enough to find investors that are not just money guys. You know, they're actually really involved. They care about the company. They care about the people. They are not super hands-on, but they can be hands-on if you ask them to. So I think it's just, honestly, I, 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 I used to say that this is just like, but I really believe that I'm super lucky as a CEO because I know it's a lonely position. I know it's really lonely, but I have so much help around me. So that's, I'm okay. <laughs> You're good. Okay, we'll, we'll take that. I mean, and, and do you... Um, I mean, do you like have, uh, you know, some, some coaches, mentors, you've got the investors that pro- provide advice and uh, uh, I'm sure like, do you have some coaches to kind of help you as a CEO? Yeah. Are, you, are you doing like daily exercise, meditation, these sort of things so to just to help you get at work? Uh, I always thought about, about a day I could give some advice on how to cope with pressure. You know what? Mm. And I do have my own mechanism of coping with pressure, but it's definitely not something you see in the books. I like to go, I don't know, video games is not something you see on the blogs, you know, or uh, going on E-Major or Nine Gags and just, you know, scrolling down and you just take your brain off and think of something else and just look at memes, you know. But those are the small stuff, but it helps yeah. you really uh, think about something else. That's, but as for the coaches, yes, there is obviously, I, I know my own limitations and I know that there are subjects where uh, I'm really not experienced. And again, this is why I have angels that actually know that. Um, you know, there is Alexi Bonillo is the CEO of uh, Zenly here in Europe. They got acquired by Snap. So he had a really cool guy. He knows a lot of different things about product, about MMA, about fundraising. So it's really helpful to have him on, on board. And also Aglae Ventures, you know, past entrepreneurs. So, so they know both end of the spectrum. So it's actually super useful. So, you know, I, I'm actually, I have those people around me and that's a huge relief again. And as for the copying mechanism you know it's really like millennial thing you know you go on netflix youtube you do those things and you just think of something else awesome thanks and, and, and <laughs> final, final question as we, we we come to the end of, end of the show uh do you think yeah live song is going to be uh, as big as zoom uh yeah. it, you know what that's one of the questions i couldn't be able to answer that probably a year ago, but now that we've raised, now that I've seen the growth we can absorb, now that we have the team that we have today, this is something I can now really feel and touch. I really feel that we can build something really great, really big actually, because the market, I mean, if we were to build, just to give you like a really number, really precise, if we were to build like a 100 million AR company right now, that will be 0.3% 0.3% of the whole unification, unified communication space. That's yeah. nothing. You know, we can, I think we can build something really big. Amazing. Well, great, great to hear. 
um, and looking forward to, to seeing that journey and uh, yeah, whether you're raising the, the Series C next week, uh, potentially, um, <laughs> but, uh, maybe, maybe next year, I'll, I'll give you a break. But, uh, but, but really great to see, again, another European SaaS success story, um, fantastic growth. Congratulations in 2020 and hope uh, 2021 is uh, as, as good for you as it has been this year um, and looking forward to seeing more uh, from you. Thank you. Thank Thanks you so much for you. having me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SaaS conferences around the world.